Hey horror fans, Brian here. You're listening to another episode of Talking Horror on Screen. Thanks for joining me again. So, if you're new to this uh, recording, which I guess most of us are because we're only about five or six episodes in, so I'm kind of new to it, uh, this will be a podcast. I think I'm going to go weekly. I think I got it down pat at this point. We do a weekly podcast where I talk horror. I'm going to go through the internet and find stories in the related genres of horror, sometimes sci-fi, and then every episode, which will be weekly, so every week, I will talk about a horror film or TV show I watched and give you my opinion on that and recommend it or not. So uh, with that being said, let's get started with this week's episode. Alright, this first news story is not necessarily movie or TV or anything like that related news, but it does feature real life zombies. Not really. But uh, there was a power outage in a town in Florida. Uh, when was this? This happened on Sunday, May 20th, 2018. And they sent out messages like on a board, you know, explaining that there is a power outage at this time, whatever. That's nothing new. What is new is that they also said there's a zombie outbreak. <laughs> this is the actual message that was posted. Power outage and zombie alert for residents of Lake Worth and Terminus. There are now far less than 7,380 customers involved due to extreme zombie activity. Restoration time uncertain. So the the alert went out at 1.45 a.m. on the, that Sunday morning and um, it prompted Lake Worth's public information officer to assure that zombies had not taken over the city. Now, they don't know if this was a prank, an accident. Come on, was it really an accident? Get out of here. Uh, disgruntled employee. You know, it's either that. I'd, I'd like to say it was a prank from somebody who probably is getting ready to leave the job anyway, doesn't care. Something. Nonetheless, it's kind of funny, and it's even funny that some residents actually believe that their town was under a zombie uh, outbreak. But, fun little story, and I feel like it features into the theme of this podcast. It is sort of horror-related news. Uh, tell me what you think. Well, if you if you got an alert that your town was infested by zombies from a power authority, would you believe it? I don't know. <laughs> I doubt I would, but it'd be fun for a few minutes. Alright, let's move on. Alright, this week we got a couple of gaming stories in the world of horror. First off, Resident Evil 7. If you haven't played this game and you want to play it on a Nintendo Switch, you may be able to do it, if you're Japanese. Because, uh, as of May 24th, this game is going to be available in Japan, but not the way you're thinking. You will not be able to buy this as a cartridge or as a digital download. It is available only as a streaming title. In fact, it's going to be called Resident Evil Biohazard Cloud Version. So I myself have not played Resident Evil 7. I have played many of the other games in the series, but I was just tired and done with it. However, however, I heard that Resident Evil 7 was actually quite phenomenal and a great uh, reskinning, a refresh of the series, if you will. I think this one was done as a first-person kind of shooter. And um, I'm not going to say, somewhere down the road, I will probably purchase this game and play it. Um, you know, if I can find it $20 on sale somewhere, which I'm sure is bound to happen, the game is over a year old at this time, then I will see it. I don't have a Switch. 
I don't live in Japan, and I don't necessarily want to stream a game through the cloud. Um, you know, because that, depending on your internet connect, connection, it may or may not be good. It's fine if there's no other choice. Like, it's a great alternative. But if I have the option of being able to play a game directly off of the hard drive, I'd prefer that. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that news for you folks, and uh, let's move on. All right, our other piece of gaming news this week in the world of horror features game, Friday the 13th, The Game. Which, by the way, I do own. I own it on the Xbox One and I own it on Steam. Why I bought it on both systems, I don't know, because I don't even care for the game that much. But um, you know what? If you get a good party going, it is kind of fun. I will give it that. And I think I bought it one time on Steam for, like, dirt cheap. Maybe $10 or $15, whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, if you don't know, the title kind of says it all, Friday the 13th, you play either as Jason, one person plays Jason, and then I think there's like, I want to say there's like eight other players, but I don't know the exact count, I'm just guessing here, but eight other players play as counselors trying to survive the night, either gotta last long enough for, to win the game, or you can find ways to get away, you can call the cops, try to find the cops that are somewhere parked outside the, um, Crystal Lake area, uh, escape with them. You can get your own car, but you got to get gas and a key and try to escape that way. So there's different ways to get away. I don't think you can actually kill Jason. You can stun him and slow him down, but I don't think there's any way to actually kill him. I'm not sure though. Um, I've only played, I do own the game, like I said, but I've only played a little bit of it. But our um, news this week is that actually as of Thursday, May 24th, the game got an update and uh, they're adding single player challenges into the game the new content, and they will also feature new counselors, Victoria Sterling. Uh, Jason Part 7 will be getting rebalanced. There will be new skins for Roy. Uh, upgraded Jason uh, Garb, Greb, I'm oh, sorry, upgraded Jason Greb. Jason Weapon Selection. Uh, the PC is getting key bindings, and there will be AI improvements and more. So yeah, I mean, part of the game is kind of that it feels kind of weak in some areas uh graphically there's some parts that look kind of cool other times i'll be playing a certain characters and they just look so phony uh hopefully they'll be improving that down the road but uh it's an okay game like i said if you can get some friends together and play it it's not a half bad game uh there's another game i forgot what it's called i think they actually do it quite better and it's escaping my mind right now but you play you could play as famous characters in that as well like freddy krueger Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface. There's different characters like that, as well as some made-up characters. And unfortunately, that game is escaping my mind, but basically they hunt you down and they gotta try and hook you onto a tree, like a demon tree, and uh, that's how you win. I forgot the name of that game, but I think that's actually better than Friday the 13th. I think it's the Evil Within. That sounds right. Alright, enough gaming talk. I know a lot of you listening to this are actually just interested in horror game uh, movies and TV shows and some news, but... I figured this is related. I do play some games, so you will hear from time to time about that. And uh, that's it. All right, let's move on. Another lighthearted story in the world of horror is that a passenger at the Hartsfield-Jackson Airport in Atlanta, Georgia, was pulled aside by Transportation Security Administration, TSA for short, after the airport's, the airport's checkpoint scanner discovered something suspicious in his carry-on bag. That item was a replica Freddy Krueger glove. TSA agents uh, confiscated the glove. They posted a picture on Instagram. 
and they put the following message attached to that. It's safe to sleep on Elm Street again. Freddie lost his glove at the Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport. He got burned after forgetting to take it off before going through the TSA checkpoint. If you find yourself needing to travel with your razor glove, please pack it in your checked bag. Travel hashtag PSA. While worn-out fedoras and tattered green and red sweaters are discouraged in the fashion world, they are permitted at the TSA checkpoints. They added, this glove was actually discovered in a traveler's carry-on bag at the Atlanta airport. Freddy isn't real, or is he? Question mark. So uh, a little bit of a funny story out there, and uh, don't forget to pack those bags in the uh, check-on. All right, that's it for this week's news stories. Let's get on to the movie I'm picking this episode. If you like that little tune we were just listening to as we came in, that was by John Harrison, and it is the soundtrack, part of the soundtrack to the movie that I'm picking for this episode, Day of the Dead. And this movie came out June 30th, 1985, was its premiere, and then I think it got mass release July 19th, 1985. So, uh, very, very uh, old movie, and I, it pains me to say that because the movie is still not as old as me, but um, I watched it just last night, never watched it before actually, I did not, and this is the third movie in the George Romero series of movies, you got uh, Night of the Living Dead, you got Dawn of the Dead, and then you have Day of the Dead, and I had seen the prior two ones before, I think everybody at this point in their life has seen Night of the Living Dead, um, it's considered a classic masterpiece of the zombie genre. And it bored the hell out of me when I saw it, but we're not here to talk about Night of the Living Dead. I can certainly see why at the time when it came out, it was probably amazing, but I, it doesn't hold up in my mind. And then Dawn of the Dead takes place in the mall. I watched that one. It's pretty cool. The remake, I think, is better, but that's, again, a story for another day, as I'm probably going to watch those movies at some point in the future. Today, we're talking the 1985 version of Dawn of Day of the Dead. Sorry, not Dawn. And like I said, this was my first time watching it, and I'm going to say I quite enjoyed it. I think it holds up pretty well for a movie that is 30-plus years old. So I, I wrote down a few uh, notes I took while watching the movie, little things that stood out and, uh, you know, what I liked or didn't like, whatever of it. We'll go through that. Um, we'll also go through some stats real quick. It was directed by George Romero, George A. Romero, produced by Richard, Richard P. Rubenstein, and it was written by George A. Romero. And like I said, the music was by John Harrison. Uh, its runtime is 100 minutes. It, um, it was $3.5 million budget to make. And it made $34 million at the box office. So in my mind, that's a success, right? 
Uh, let's go for these notes real quick. It had a great start, uh, really established a post-apocalyptic world. I mean, within five minutes of this movie starting, you got the gist of it. And you didn't have to watch any movies that came before to understand this was a destroyed world. Um, you could see, like, civilization, civilization has been overgrown by, like, plants and stuff. Uh, the towns are deserted. Uh, wildlife is kind of taken over. We even see when the zombies start marching in the beginning that there's like a zombie crocodile or something like that involved. Very, very cool graphic uh, scenes and just really immersive. The zombies. The zombies look phenomenal in this movie. They are done so, so well, some of the creature effects in this. And some of them are just people in makeup, you know, like the, the extras in the, in the mob scenes. But when you get those close-ups and stuff... Uh, Phenomenal visuals. Uh, definitely, definitely holds up very well. Uh, also, I put down that there was a strong female lead. Uh, yeah, the female character who was um, Dr. Sarah Bowman. She's played by uh, Laurie Cardilli. She is um, she's a very, very strong protagonist, likable character uh, in a world where most of the human characters aren't very likable. And that's also something I had wrote down. Most of the humans in this movie are dicks, part of my language, uh, specifically the military types in this movie. And that seems to be a thing in most zombie movies, is that the humans are usually more of a problem than the zombies, and that's kind of the case in this movie as well. Uh, what else did I put here? Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh, the leader of the group is batshit crazy. <laughs> Joseph Pilato plays Captain Henry Rhodes, and he's like the military leader, and he is just out of his mind very very crazy and uh yeah uh half of the movie is debates <laughs> that's something i jotted down there's a good portion of the movie like the good middle part of the movie is just a lot of debating and arguing between the folks uh trapped in this like underground base and uh you know it's interesting but i wanted to see some zombie action and don't worry the third and final act does pay off it plays out like a resident evil game and it's lots and lots of fun. Lots of zombies being annihilated. Lots of humans getting their just desserts as well. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much what I jotted down. Um, anything else I want to add to this? Terry Alexander played uh, plays John, the helicopter pilot. The Rastaman. He's got a very Jamaican or island-like kind of character. And very, very likable. Uh, in the beginning, you don't know exactly where he stands. He's kind of like, uh, you know, for himself. But he's not quite an ass like the military guys. But, um, yeah, he proves out to be uh, quite the heroic character as well. And it was a fun movie. I really, really enjoyed this movie. That's all I can really say to add to that. Is that it was a fun movie. I enjoyed watching it as a first-time view for a movie that's over 30 years old. It's great. It really was a great movie. And anyone uh, listening should definitely check that out. I watched it off the Shutter app. So if you have a subscription to Shutter, which if you're a horror fan, why are you, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I think it's like $5 a month where you can pay like $40 for the year. And it has lots and lots of horror movies. Mostly old, but some new stuff as well. Alright, so uh, yeah, that's it. That's my pick for this week, uh, Day of the Dead. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, until our next recording, peace out, guys.